coming up next. The bookening. Read Sense and Sensibility. Hey everybody! Welcome to the bookening. What was that at the top, Brandon? Why would you do something like that? I have no idea, Nathan. I mean, I would assume maybe there's some context, but I I would also assume that context has disappeared. That's for me to decide. Oh, the power! Coming up next, the book. That was gay. Coming up next, the bookening. Read Sense and Sensibility. <laughs> gotcha. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Nathan Alverson. I'm your friend, as we discovered a couple of weeks ago. And you've got two more friends. And let me tell you about him. One of them, he's wearing a black thing. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's a burka. No. <laughs> Oh, man. No, he's wearing a black thing. What would you call that thing? It's a sweater? It's a A jacket. It's It's a jacket. Yeah. It's a jacket. (laughs) I don't know. I'm not... What am I, a fashionista? (laughs) Zipper. Uh Uh-huh. I can take it off. Do jackets have zippers? Yeah. Some of them do. Most of them do, in fact. There you go, guys. It's just a gray shirt. Just a... Yep. Under it, a gray shirt. His name is Brandon Chastine. He's got black slacks on. Yeah. He's got a little bit of a five o'clock shadow. And people love him. Jake loves him. Brennan, hey, why don't you introduce the third person that we've already alluded to? Yeah, he's a pastor who's a master of reading himself, Jacob Mensel. There he is. Here I am. Now, Jake's wearing a watch. Jake always likes to wear the watch. I don't understand it. He's got a phone. It tells the time. Maybe it's a statement. Maybe it's a smartwatch. It's I don't know. I think it is. Statement. Is it a smartwatch? Yeah, it kind of is a smartwatch. People also went back to wearing watches again. That's like a thing. One, I... I actually think that having a watch is handy. I don't have to pull my phone out of my... <laughs> Quite literally. No pun intended. It's more like it's more, wristy. It's more like wristy. <laughs> Me and Brandon are high-fiving right now. Some wristy business oh, there. Oh, man, yeah. Wristy business. <laughs> and interesting. I think it's nice to be able to just look at my wrist and see the time rather than have to pull out my bulky iPhone, hmm. for one. But two, yeah, it's... It's also an activity tracker. And we were talking about Jake's bulky iPhone. <laughs> like, I don't huge. even know how he carries it around. It's, like, it's usually strapped to his back. Well, what people don't know is Jake's very obsessed with all the like the different time zones in mm-hmm. the world. So he has a phone that's set to Tokyo time and to like Moscow time. Oh, yeah, he's one of those. But then he ties them like, together with a rubber band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very bulky. He's one of those. Like, like, it, so Zach, like Zach Morris has nothing on on yeah. my iPhone bundle. People talk about iPhone bundles like a plan they get at their thing. Jake's got a literal iPhone <laughs> a literal bundle. bundle. Yeah. What's that sound? It's the airplane coming over. A sound effect. You guys remember the bookings full of sound effects, whimsical sound effects, and that's one of them. Sound of an airplane. Plane is going by indicating baggage check because you know how planes have baggage. Well, this plane's got baggage, and Brandon's got baggage concerning Jane Austen that he's going to give us. I bet it's going to be a lot different than the last five times we've talked about Jane Austen. <sighs> Man, I wish I could remember what I said in the last five times. I have sure my no story idea what matches. you said. So. Jane Austen was not a significant part of my literary development. Hmm. At some point, I read Pride and Prejudice. That was hmm. the first thing I read by her. Liked it quite a bit. Hmm. I think I mentioned on the last episode that I had uh, we had an international student who stayed with us mm-hmm. for a while. She was an English major. She was getting her PhD at TCU, mm-hmm. and she gave me some uh, Jane Austen books. So I have them, and they're like from India. They're called the Rupa Classics, and I have one right here with me. It's uh, Sense and Sensibility. I'm looking at it. Rupa Classic. So this comes from India. Her dad was the coach of a gold medal winning soccer team from India. There you go. Who gave yeah. him the gold medal? Was it like? I forget where he won it, which which year. But he also, or maybe, maybe it was bronze medal, but they won some medal at the Olympics. Nice. And so he had his face all over India at the time. He was a big celebrity. So she grew up in this house where she was 
like fanned by slaves or <laughs> servants. A racist character. <laughs> <laughs> No, she was. She would talk about how like she had to do nothing really for herself. Her servants would get well, they weren't slaves, but her servants would do it all for her. So when she came to America, it was a bit of a different uh, culture shock. And some of the first realizations I had that the world was much bigger than the little homeschool world that I grew mm-hmm. up in was through these students. So like we went to her house and she had her little idols that were on her windowsill, one that she would sleep with under her bed. The smells of curry and stuff in the house it was just it was awesome, and so. She uh, got me into literature that I wouldn't have pushed myself into, including Jane Austen, Salman Rushdie, people who have made an appearance on this very podcast. Yeah, I remember when we had Rushdie on. That was yeah. awesome. <laughs> he, he was great. So yeah, and my first, and I'm sorry, people, if this doesn't match the stories that I've said in the past, because she wasn't like one of those foundational figures that I just remember all the details really well. Mm-hmm. It was very possible my first awareness of Jane Austen came through that BBC miniseries on Pride and Prejudice. With the sexy swimming Darcy? Yeah. That one. <laughs> Order yours, sexy swimming Darcy now. Because it was a very popular with the homeschooling crowds, that particular adaptation. Yeah, it's a good adaptation. So it's a good adaptation. And so, I mean, I think that probably was my first real interaction with Jane Austen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, Pride and Prejudice, I read that one and other ones. <laughs> What what else do you want, Nathan? I read her in so and then this in is college. Your time, Brandon. So then, as an undergrad, you say whatever you want to say. As an undergrad, I yeah had the opportunity. One of the classes that I regret not having taken, mm. or I regretted at the time. I may not actually regret it anymore. But one of the classes I regretted not taking at the time was with a Jane Austen scholar at TCU. But then that class was also full of girls, and so. It, I'm not sure that would have been the greatest class. Gross. Because not to be sexist here, people. But if there's one group of people that should not read Jane Austen. It's girls. It's girls. This is definitely a boys only book. Mm-hmm. Get out of the club. This is the boys club book. No girls allowed. No, it's just, it was inevitable that with the particular people who were attracted to English majors, like the English major, not tra- attracted to English majors. <laughs> I was I'm sorry, I didn't actually didn't know. No. It was inevitable that with the type of people that are attracted to no, English the, majors, so the women would have, you know. We would have there are a lot of people who then get into those classes and just treat it like a book club. Mm. And it would drive me up the wall. And I had one professor who could tell it drove me up the wall and he would just laugh at me after class. I think it was funny, but there's nothing he could really do about it because he didn't want to discipline his class. <laughs> well, talk about getting into the weeds here. <laughs> This is what we like. These are the memories and the things that you have associated with Jane Austen. So with Jane Austen, I have associated, uh, she's not listening, Dr. Bonnie Blackwell, Mm -hmm. who was the Victorian scholar at TCU. And she was an older, tall, wispy, blonde woman and always had her two greyhounds with her. Everywhere she went in a huge sunbonnet she would wear. And she thought she was just the most eccentric thing ever. Hmm. And so she and this guy named Dr. Blake Hester taught honors traditions course together which was just a ripoff of classical education so you started with greek philosophy and then just went through the whole traditions of human ideas just an overview of the humanities basically yeah but particularly philosophy and Uh um stuff like that and it was great but together so he was like he was very affected and he would always be kind of looking up at this he had long hair he he was really he ran he had a rock band like a an experimental rock band that would always play at the local pub together with the other philosophy. So he was a philosophy professor, but he was Aristotelian scholar as well. And he was just, he thought a lot of himself and his ability to understand the deeper things of life. And he would always be have this speculative look on his face, but always a wry and sarcastic sense of humor. And so they taught this course together and it was just, yeah, about what you'd expect. One of the highlights was I wrote, we were, had to write a paper on irony Mm-hmm. And she, in front of the whole class, said, "I want to know who wrote this one." She, she said, "I just want to, I just want to meet the student." And then it was my paper, and she's like, "Oh, good job!" And that's all she said. Nice. Yeah. Was she being ironic? <laughs> it was a good paper. <laughs> it was a good paper. <laughs> I she, thought- she was one who heavily, after that, encouraged me to study English. That would, if if I was grading a paper that on irony, I would give it an A, and then I'd put quotation marks over, over That the would a, be funny. And the person wouldn't know what to do. Since we're talking about this woman, I, she's one that I had 
that awkward situation where you, have you ever had that moment where you're with someone in their office and you just don't know when to leave? And so you just kind of sit there and it gets awkward. Yeah. And she finally had to say, it might be time for you to just go. That was embarrassing. There you I go. I came to the office hours and didn't really know how to withdraw. So I was an awkward kid. I guess that's the point of that is I'm, I was awkward. Luckily, I'm not awkward anymore. Nope. I'm the master of wit, charm, yeah. and debonair so All style. my friends can say about me, I am never awkward. Never a dull moment of conversation with me. <laughs> <laughs> You're never awkward. You're never dull. Every moment with you is full Aww. of laughter and joy and happiness man because you're the brandon brandon plan there we go so uh that's my jane austen contest the perfect (laughs) improvised poem thank you that was really good nathan so yeah that's my jane austen context thanks for this year (laughs) jake your thoughts so much baggage jake if you really live up to that jake you strike me as the kind of person if you were writing a paper on irony you'd be do like the meta thing where you'd be like what a great idea for a paper. Like, that's how your paper would begin. <laughs> I love writing this paper. <laughs> and it would just go on and on. And, you, and then the teacher. In college? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, no, maybe not. Uh-huh. So I feel like you've told me some high school stories where you did things kind of yeah, like that. Yeah, in high school and maybe early college, I would have done that. Absolutely. It would have been my moment. I'm so glad to be writing Wow, I'm really paper. excited about this paper. This is the greatest paper of all time. I'm so, you know, yeah, I, I can 100% see myself just being like oh yeah this is easy i got a shtick for that yep no problem <laughs> yep then my teacher would be like this is the greatest paper ever and i just right. want to know who wrote it a plus if it was a good teacher they'd say a plus and put that in quotation put that marks. in quotes and yeah they'd like do the same thing back and, and then under thing. it write f, <laughs> <laughs> right, f. <laughs> <laughs> how's that for irony <laughs> Oh, man. I used to be the kind of guy that would write, like, little plays. I just turned everything into a creative excitement. And now I get paid to do creative work, so in your face, teachers that didn't like that. You know, I felt kind of self-deprecating for a second, and then I realized, (laughs) wait a second, (laughs) it paid off. I I had a great science teacher when I was in fourth and fifth. Brandon, nobody wants to hear about your teachers anymore, man. Brandon. Okay. Nobody does. <laughs> but but would you please? Tell I feel me like about we have to close the loop on it though. <laughs> would you tell me about the science? No 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 no, yeah. no, 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 no. No, I really do want to hear. <laughs> right. See, we can do irony too. Every every essay that I would write, she would for allow science. Me, yeah. For science, she'd have us write these essays, like on beavers and spiders and <laughs> <laughs> space station, the space station stuff like that. <laughs> the, the, the three scientific yeah. things. Well, beavers. it was a whole range of things. <laughs> It was a spider spider and space space station. Station. <laughs> Very scientific. <laughs> Are those uh, Newton's three <laughs> laws? Oh man, you're funny. Uh, uh, you missed your career as a stand-up comedian. <laughs> actually, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. Say. <laughs> you might have actually. Number of people that you sort of get paid to make jokes in this room. Well, so you you well, actually, yeah, you kind of. Uh, anyway, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. I'm very blessed. God is good. Beavers. There's not much to the story. I was just going to say, similar to what you said you did with your essay, she actually encouraged it for students who liked it. And so everything I turned into her would be a story Mm -hmm. that would also have the facts written into it. Mm -hmm. I remember in that same traditions class in college, frustrated me because we had a a science professor that came in on Einsteinian theory. Mm -hmm. And he wanted us to write a short story about Einsteinian theory. And so we all wrote our short story and I wrote mine. And on it, he's like, oh, very interesting. This was really good. Except you got the, like, it's actually meters squared or something. <laughs> B. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and I asked him later, and I, was, I actually became good friends with him. I was like, what? But he's like, well, you got the fact wrong. That's all that mattered. It's like the story was just secondary. <laughs> it's the facts that mattered. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> fair enough. No fair. Uh, what world? Are you from where science teachers ask for short stories that include the facts? Once upon a time, a beaver and a spider went to space. <laughs> I, live a, I live a charmed life, what can I say? I've never I, heard I would of read such a thing. Read that I would be so annoyed. This is freaking science class. Hey, I loved Here it. Here the facts. I was that kind of kid that you, just loved you it. You were. Which... Oh, I resented. I wanted to do crossover, but I resented. Like, if, if a... If a math teacher graded me off for like misspelling something on my essay, it's like what the crap? There would be no end class. of my ire. 
Yeah. Did I this do the math, math class. correctly or not? This is not spelling class. Here's the math. U plus zero equals stupid. <laughs> Teacher. I wrote, I wrote my first long form poem for that class too. <laughs> oh my goodness. What in the world am I? A spider a, and frog. <laughs> they went to space. It's probably, probably better that you guys just didn't know this about me. Just edit this all out. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Jake, your context or your baggage or whatever. I went to Plaza Park International Prep School when I was in seventh grade, and uh, whoa, that sounds fancy. It sounds fancy. It's not that fancy. Plas- plasma, plaza, plaza. Oh, Jake is a science experiment. <laughs> plasma. <laughs> I, I am a yeah. I'm made of what is that? A school for vampires? <laughs> People don't realize that Jake's just a bottle of plasma. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> that is another fun fact about Jake. <laughs> Just a bottle of plasma. We've, we've been <laughs> learning more and more about Jake. You, you zap me with enough electricity, I speak. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a talking bottle of plasma. It is horrifying, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> like, first of all, even a non-talking bottle of plasma, not really something you want to have around. Jake, yeah. your baggage. My baggage. So you went to plasma. I My context with Jane Austen, my baggage with Jane Austen is that I thought... Jane Austen was uh, just a dopey romantic in no small part thanks to Kiera Knightley and her ilk. Mm. Mm, her ilk. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> 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 the ilk of human <laughs> mediocrity. So it it was... Brandon's giving me a fist bump right now. He's very generous. Folks. <laughs> <laughs> any, any pun will do for me. <laughs> any pun will do. If anyone gets that reference out there, I'll give you $10. Nathan keeps all of his dopey references that nobody gets into the po- in the podcast and cuts all mine that everybody but him would get. It's because I don't get them. <laughs> so I'm just like, why is Jake talking about Goose and Maverick? That doesn't really... I'm reading Charlotte's Web All again. my references that he doesn't get are just from Top Gun. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> all right. So thanks, yeah. to, thanks to Kara Knightley and her ilk... Uh, her rot her spoiled ilk you didn't like jane austen well i didn't i didn't know jane i just assumed that she was was dopey romantic yeah Mm -hmm. you were the one that convinced me to give pride and prejudice a shot yes i did said that she was not in fact a dopey romantic and i uh, read pride and prejudice and i loved it i remember that and they've been friends ever since I mean, that's actually not too far off. That would have been probably during the formative. Yeah, it would have been at the be- at pretty much at the beginning. Friendship, I would think. Yeah. So yes, I'm going to say about six years ago, because mm-hmm. it would have been about a year before the booking. The booking. Yeah. Um, and then turned around and read it again for the first episode of the booking. Yep. Yeah. Every foray into a new Austin novel is. Uh, a new Austin novel for me. Mm-hmm. I've not, I've not read since Insensibility. I've not seen any, I've not seen any of the movies prior to wa- reading these books either. I just, so except for Pride and Prejudice. Right. Like I'd seen the Pride and Prejudice movie and that was what I needed to know about Jane Austen. And You've not seen the Alan Rickman, Kate Winslet, Emma Thompson. I have now. Oh, you have watched it? Yeah. Yeah. I have Frailty, Thy Name is Brandon. Is that actually a line? Mm-hmm. Frailty, Thy Name is Brandon. Yeah. Well, okay. You think Alan Rickman wrote poems about frogs and uh, <laughs> beavers and <laughs> in outer space? In outer space? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think he did, no. Could our next t-shirt be <laughs> a picture of a spider and a beaver <laughs> going to outer space? I think it needs to be. <laughs> I think that that would be pretty amazing. <laughs> Listen, fan, we have a great group of fans. If one of you wants to draw some great artwork of a beaver and a spider going to outer space to make you'll make brandon a very happy happy man happy happy man yeah in fact let me ask you this brandon if they do that will you write a short poem to honor their artwork oh yeah definitely okay make a good one and i'll make a good oh i'll make an attempt at a poem (laughs) no he'll make a good poem folks brandon pretty good at those kids poems that have little creatures in them and things yes they are working on his first children's book i think he should he should let us put one of those behind the paywall sometime yeah, I don't know if you want to give them away, but I mean, yeah, I'm actually working on a little project with a mutual friend of all of ours. It's pretty fun. By the way, speaking of our awesome fans behind the 
paywall at patreon.com forward slash the booking. Yes. Uh, we had a little thing there that we did for them, and I don't think we've told them the results of our poll. Oh, yeah. I think we'd better tell them. Yes, we will. Let's finish up our baggage first, and we'll get to that I, next. My, my baggage is done. I, 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 you know, I met Nathan. Nathan introduced me to Jane, and the rest is history. Yep, there you go. Here we are today. Here we are today. All because yeah. Nathan insisted on me reading Pride and Prejudice. Yep. And I went to Taco Bell one time and met Brandon, and I don't think we liked each other very much. Well, we did, didn't we? Because yeah. of a mutual friend that... Yeah, mutual well, friend. Well, uh, my baggage. I really like Jane Austen. I've read her all of her novels. I had never read Sons and Sensibility before. What? Is that the first time we met? Because we were kind of forced together, right? People... Yeah. And people said, oh, you guys should be friends. Yeah. And I think... That, for both of us, when people tell us that about somebody... I thought, this guy's probably a loser. <laughs> yeah. That's probably what we both thought. Yeah. It was an it wasn't until meeting... It may not have been until we decided to do some Athanasius stuff together. Yeah, I mean, once we actually started hanging out for whatever reason, it was very natural. Liked, but yeah. yeah, I love Jane Austen. I read a book by a lady named, I forget, Elizabeth something. Cantor. Elizabeth Cantor, that's right. She follows me on Twitter. Yeah. And oh. she... I follow her too. Yes. I, <laughs> she's smart. I, yeah, she's very smart. She wrote a book, I, th- I believe, called The Politically Incorrect Guide to Literature, or something like that, which was a series of books that they did and i don't know i'm not a big fan of the title or the eh, it was kind of a silly gimmick for the book but it was good it had a lot of interesting insights into literature and as you can imagine from the title it was mostly about the western canon and about dead white males the one dead white female that she really 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 liked was jane austen and she had this section on how jane austen wasn't anything that you'd been told she was. And I think I'd only read Pride and Prejudice at that time, but then I read the section and I just thought, oh, this is really cool. This actually makes sense. Like, Pride and Prejudice actually isn't about class striving and proto-feminism. Like, it was just like, oh, I don't have to take any of that stuff seriously. It was really nice. I've been ripping off that section and making podcasts about it ever since. Shout out to Elizabeth Cantor. Shout out to, I think she actually has a book on Jane Austen, which I've never read, but if it's anything like that little section of her book, I'd hardly recommend it. I should, I should add the bookening in as part of my baggage now. Yeah. Because I don't think I had ever taken Jane Austen quite as seriously as I should have until we decided to do Pride and Prejudice for this podcast. Well, if people are listening to us on Jane Austen for the first time, for whatever reason, we should say Mm -hmm. we take her very seriously. We think she's one of the... I was late to a recording session because I was talking to my kids about Jane Austen. I watched 1995 Sins and Sensibility. The Ang Lee joint. The Ang Lee joint before I came here. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my kids were catching parts of it, watched quite a bit of it, actually. They know that Austen is in their future, and so we were talking about why. And what do you tell a six-year-old or whatever? 12-year-old boy. 12-year-old boy. Who's not yet ready for Austen, but... Probably not it's his, in his future. His first desire to read books about carriages and dances and stuff like that. No, but he liked the movie. He surprised me by his openness, or rather by his trust. Hmm. That actually he like he knows that Austin is gonna like be a big deal. He's gonna have to read Austin someday, and probably Austin's gonna change his life or something like mm-hmm. that. Like he just kind of. Just oh, you know, like it, like it just seems like a rite of passage to him. I right. think. Good. Yeah. Parenting win. Yeah, I hope so. I I need to be sure. And part of what I was telling him today is like, you know, part of this for me is giving it to giving you Austin at the right time. If I give it, if I give her to you too early, you're gonna think that she's boring because you won't understand it, and things will be over your head, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then you'll just be like every other idiot that doesn't. Get it? You do it too late, and it doesn't benefit. Mary Lydia or something, right? Well, yeah, that was the thing that I was trying to explain to him. Is like she's so full of wisdom about what it means to be a good man, what it means to be a good woman, what a good and healthy relationship looks like. But you need to get it at the right time. If you get it too early, you won't understand it. You you'll think it's dumb or boring (laughs) or whatever. You won't get. You know, a lot of it will go over your head. If you get it too late, it's too late. And so, you know, but there's a there's a sweet spot of when I want to start introducing giving you Austin to read. And I don't, I don't really know when it is yet. I think it's going to be different for each of you, but he and Lucy were just sort of taking it in and kind of being a little excited about it. Even cool. That's great. That is good. 
Yeah, I just need to tell him not to think it's so cool that he goes and brags about it to his friends who are going to be <laughs> dopes and... <laughs> <laughs> that's a very sad story if he goes in breath <laughs> that's well, guess what i got to watch yesterday <laughs> yeah yeah well you know that's yeah the and then he's gonna thing, think yeah. that i'm the biggest dork in the world mm, or something like yeah that. oh man <laughs> that'd be sad i know, I know. but guess who would be the idiots in that story his friends his friends yeah, well they, that's what i what what i said is well actually not what i said but what i imagined myself needing to say to him soon is lots of people think that austin is dopey it's because I, they don't know what they're talking about or they are genuine fool. And so you, you don't cast your pearls before swine. Hold your treasures close. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's going to be ready for Austin or going to believe Austin's worth their time. Yeah. But the reason that you are is because you're going to listen to me. We've got some, I've got some wisdom to bring. And it's not my own wisdom, it's hers. That's why I was late. I was having... Some version of those conversations with. Well, that's worthwhile. Yeah, that sounds like an excellent reason to be late. Him and Lucy, but he, I mean, he really was. He was like, because I, I just made an offhand comment about the movie being good, but how you can't really get the benefit of reading Austin from watching a movie because so much of what's great about her, her insights into character, which come from her narration and mm-hmm. everything else like that. And he's like, yeah, I bet the, I bet it's, way sadder and way happier and way everything year that's what he said yeah i can confirm jane austen can be pretty everything yeah Yeah. so that's sweet yeah aren't your kids yeah ready for begging you to to, daddy please read us when do i get to read austen when are you gonna stop reading us lord of the rings i need to have this conversation with them and see how it goes Tell them they're not allowed. Yeah. That's the trick. Make, like, be like, oh, just wait until you read Jane Austen. <laughs> like, oh, this is something. <laughs> well, I think probably that's part of it. I'm sure. Is just like, you're not ready for this yet. Yeah. One day you'll be mature enough to understand men and women. Just, it's know, got, it's got the like allure of the, of the talk almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, what's Lady Jane going to teach me? <laughs> Oh, brother. <laughs> that took a turn. Uh, we promised to do something. What was it? Oh, we needed to give our Godzilla results. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, for something completely different. Did you have something else to say before we... No, no. I just I think that our fans need to know about the Godzilla results. And if you don't have context for this, that's too bad. You need to go to patreon.com forward slash the booking and give a dollar amount and you can figure out the context. But yeah, lots this is of just stuff. for the fi- this is just for the paying fans, right? Yeah, our paying fans get to see things you people could never imagine. Yeah, they're Starships in on, on jokes. Fire. They're, yeah. they're in on <laughs> jokes that you 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 have no idea. Yeah, not just jokes. Like we we travel to other dimensions. It's yeah. literally things you could not never imagine. imagine. And all these things are gone for you, like tears in the rain. Yeah. So wow. So due to you guys shenanigans. That reference? Is it from... You guys don't know what I was quoting. Enya? Whoa, we're all quoting our own little things. Is it that song? Isn't that um, fun? It's Blade Runner. Oh, uh, I thought it was... Um, Time to Die. What's that song? You remember that song? Hey. Not from Blade Runner. You remember that song, Jake? Jabba Jabba Gino Cha The Kiss on a Rose or whatever? Seal. Uh, Seal. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like a lyric from that song, kind of? Kind of. Gone not. like it's a from Blade tear Runner. in um, the rain. That is not even close to Maybe. I don't know any words to that song. I think I'm not to the kiss from a rose on a, the grave. The more I get of you, the stranger it feels. The yeah. The more I get of you. You can see. Now that your rose has bloomed. Fun. Light, it's the gloom. Now that your rose has bloomed. Photoshopped yep. pictures of us. Yeah, you can see photoshopped pictures of us as Lord of the Rings characters. But the important thing is that due to things that happened hey, there. Yes. Any amount, guys. Any amount. Listen. One penny. We occasionally will get these. Uh, we don't even get that because it's taxed away from us. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it'll let you give. Less than a dollar, but yeah, whatever the lowest amount that they accept, though. We we'll, occasionally we get this these notes from people that are like, "Yeah, we're we'd really like to support you financially someday, but we don't have any money." 
And I, I feel like there are people out there that are embarrassed to give low dollar amounts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're really waiting until we can start at $50 a month. But a mm. dollar a month yeah. is enough to make a difference for us. It it shows us that you care and that you know, that's encouraging to us. And it makes a difference. Every dollar matters. I'd rather, I, I don't care when we get to $1,500. Be fine because we can do King Arthur. It'd be fine because <laughs> we can do King Arthur. But I'd rather see us get to 100 supporters on Patreon. That'd be cool. We know you're out there. Yeah. And... All I have to say is get a job and then forty give of money you. To us. There, are, yeah. there. Are, we have thousands of listeners out there. If forty more of you just gave a dollar a month, that would be. Did you crazy say there are forty thousand listeners out there? I said that there are thousands. We have thousands. forty thousand listeners. If, if every one of them gives fifty dollars, then <laughs> <laughs> we'd have a lot of money. <laughs> Listen, the reason I, I was actually the person, if I may say so, that came up with the idea of doing Patreon in the first place. And the thing that excited me about it is that it was a crowdsourced model that I thought, this is going to sound cheesy maybe, but that emphasized the widow's might. And I actually liked that. I like it that it's humble. I like that it's not actually Jake has to put on his suit and tie and go talk to a millionaire to fund Warhorn, but we can just have- Not sitting down with any angel investors for this thing. Yeah, no angel investors. Jake does do that all the time. Oh, obviously, Jake spends most of his time as a pastor doing that. That's- Sitting down and asking people for money. Sitting down and asking. He puts on his tux. Yeah. He goes to like the, what's the Grand Lux- casinos and stuff like that yeah well then he loses all the money so that's, that's why he has to <laughs> and that's to why we need patreon that's why we need patreon people <laughs> anyway stuff happened behind the paywall that resulted in us doing a poll about <laughs> godzilla and guess what we got more interaction with that poll than we've ever had with any other story we've had on instagram yeah we had like 50 people respond or more than that well on twitter to start there we asked would you name your child godzilla for ten thousand dollars 29 percent of people said yes 71 percent of people said no zero percent of people said i'd do it for free <laughs> a lot of losers out there i'd do it for free really yeah you pregnant huh? you're pregnant i am yeah. really yeah. like junior yeah the arnold the, the great arnold schwarzenegger classic yeah so there you go. That's what happened on Instagram. That's or no, that's, that's what happened Twitter, on Twitter. Twitter. Let, me, let me find the Instagram here. Brandon, you might be have an easier time finding this because you're kind of for the Instagram master. Actually, that's literally true. I don't know where to look. By the way, if you want to follow us on Twitter or Instagram, it's at the Bookening on both of those fine social media sites. Both of those accounts run differently. Yeah. So you get a unique experience on each one. That is very true. What I like to do on Instagram lately is find cool quotes. And I take pride in actually finding not the same 20 quotes that you see on every little like literature or social media account. Although I did do Gatsby. Now we're sailing into the breach. On the, our Instagram account? Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah, I think, but, I think Nathan found our niche. I think you, you made it work. We were trying to experiment, see how it worked best. And I think Nathan discovered it. Yeah. So like, well done, Nathan. The last quote that I did... He was something absolutely modern and up-to-date that only this ghastly age could produce. A tiny bit of a man pretending he was the whole. That was good. Which is a good quote describing Rex Motrum from Brideshead Revisited. Which Somehow you can get your insights. Oh, wait. People like Brideshead Revisited. That's what I found out by doing that. Lots of people were like, Brideshead Revisited. I like that. I was like, okay, cool. I'm glad you like Brideshead Revisited. I do too, I guess. I don't know. We'll have to do it one of these years. Kind of just stalling for time right now, folks, while Brandon finds the thing. What do you think about Brideshead Revisited? Folks, send me a tweet at the bookening or email Jake. Yeah, you can email me. That's fine. I don't know if uh, you ever read Brideshead Revisited, Jake. No, Uh, no, I haven't. I don't want to email Jake on Brideshead, but we'll do it. Maybe we'll do it next year. I actually quite like Brideshead. Anyway, Brandon? Well, we posted it as a story on Instagram and Instagram doesn't keep stories, nor the insights from those stories. Ah, but I remember roughly. Yeah. <laughs> there was no, like. No, no, no. You can go back and give, give me that. This is more anticlimactic give, give than that. a Jane Austen novel. Are you logged in, give it to me. It's right there. It doesn't come on. See, so you go to your insights. Give it to me. Do you, do you know how to do it? I'm the man. No, I don't know how to do it. I'm just making it up here. You don't just slide it up and there they are? Let's see if you can get it on yours. I have the same one that you have. I don't think there's any difference. Do you figure it out? Baby.
There used to be a graying tower alone on the sea. I'm going to figure it out. You became the light on... Folks, I can sing. I can hold a tune. I just don't remember this song very well, so I'm not sure where the notes go. I'm stalling for time, though, while Jake finds this. Are we ready to give up? Do we give up? I refuse. Jake refuses to give up. Been kissed by a rose on the gray. You've ever been kissed Here. by a rose? I know that I've seen it in the past. Frailty, thy name is Brandon. Frailty, thy name is Brandon. Frailty, thy name is Brandon. <laughs> Did you just find like a <laughs> sound bite? Frailty, thy name is Brandon. Oh, how have we gone the last five years without having that at our DJ Frailty, board? Frailty, thy name is Brandon. <laughs> Frailty, thy name is Brandon. Every time I make a <laughs> mistake. The apple. <laughs> Who says that? Uh, fake Wickham. Willoughby? Willoughby. Yep. Willoughby. Frailty, thy name is Brandon. He says it with a little head shake here, and he takes a bite of his apple. <laughs> Frailty, thy looking. name is Let's Brandon. Look at the video. Well, Brandon has failed. I failed, but I know for sure people that... Uh, I know for sure one thing. Crap. No. <laughs> so I should have kept it up. <laughs> hey, you know, let's, let's wait for it. Frailty, thy name is Nathan. Frailty, thy name is Jake. Frailty, thy name is Brandon. Oh, what's uh, that? Did I hear Nathan? Was it Nathan? Frailty, what he said? thy name is Brandon. Actually, that's worth just doing. <laughs> All right, ready? Frailty, thy name is Brandon. Brandon. All right. That's funny. Now, you were saying. Uh, What was I saying? Frailty, thy name is Brandon. <laughs> I do believe that's what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, what else? Uh, that's what everyone was thinking. Now, what yeah. were you trying to? What were you saying? I was saying, oh, that the winners. Oh, that the winners were. <laughs> oh, that the winners were. <laughs> Frailty, thy name is Brandon. Uh, what was I saying? I'm really baffled now. <laughs> was I saying something? <laughs> Oh, that the winners were baffled as I was. <laughs> but frailty. Oh, that thy the, name the, the, the is the Brandon. The nose took it. The nose took it. The nose. The took nose it. took it. Yes, by a hefty margin. People so, would not name their son Godzilla for ten thousand. It was. I think it was twenty-seven percent yes, and then whatever that leaves for no. Okay. Well, what do you know about that? I'm glad this was worth the wait. People didn't want to name their child Godzilla. <laughs> I'm glad we asked people. <laughs> I'm glad we had the conversation that led to that question. Well, you know my thoughts on the matter. You would name your kid Godzilla. Frailty, thy name is uh. Brandon. <laughs> All right, guys. The booking today was brought to you by... <laughs> well... Frailty, thy name is Brandon. I do think... We haven't really started talking about the book, but... How long are we into this episode? <laughs> We've done an episode now. <laughs> People, we can't always expect to give you the content that you thought you were going to get. No, this, we gave context. We had a good discussion. We this, gave this is a fun episode. Baggage. Did we give our baggage? We and keep next... calling it context, but context. Yeah, sorry, is my domain, gentlemen, and you ain't gonna edge in on it. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't gonna edge in on your turf. Yeah, that's right. You point those six six shooters at us. <laughs> point that shit. Don't point that shit at me. <laughs> Oh, here. Let me ask you guys one question. Sure. About yeah. Jane Austen, so we can have a little discussion before. No, the answer is no. What are you about to ask? <laughs> Do you like me? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely no. <laughs> uh, no, guys. I want to ask because we're going to talk about Marianne and Eleanor and all that crap. Eleanor, <laughs> Marianne. Um, we're gonna talk about all that, but and that Margaret, who's just like a side character. Yeah, Margaret's just like I'm Diet Marianne. We'll talk about all that next time. But this time, I have one question, which is, what makes Jane Austen so interesting? Because she writes. I cannot think of another author we've read that is so thoroughly expository. Like she doesn't give you scenes, and she doesn't give you climaxes, and especially in this early book. Feels like the, the, I think the reason everybody likes Pride and Prejudice the best is because for whatever reason she decided to have some scenes and climaxes in that book. But this book is just like description of stuff. So, what makes her so compelling and page turning? That's my question. Maybe that's a softball. I don't know, but we'll find out. Well, she's got an engaging narrative voice for one. So, what is an engaging narrative voice? What makes it engaging though? What she is is, is she's somebody who's sitting in the corner of the room observing absolutely 
everything about everyone in the room. And in this book, she does it mostly from the perspective of Eleanor. Right. But I think what's what's compelling about Austin as a writer is what's compelling about people. What 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 people are interesting. People are compelling. Austin understands that, and Austin understands what is interesting and compelling about people and has great insight into character and into relationships. And she just pours that out on all her pages. And in in many ways, this really did feel like one of the least mature of her works in terms of her her real insight into character. And you know, I know that this is the first one that this is her first published novel. So right. it shouldn't be surprising that she gets better at really being inside, but she is pretty incisive still. I mean, my goodness. Oh man, that first chapter in and of itself is a tour de force of- Incisiveness? Well, just the the lies that we tell ourselves to massage our consciences when we want to do something bad. Yeah. It's just- With John Dashwood. With John Dashwood and his nasty wife. That's just a perfect little vignette. I don't know, if you have any- self-knowledge, self-awareness, any social awareness about you, what you recognize in Austin as somebody who is more than a match for you when it comes to that, whatever insight you thought you had into yourself or into social situations, she's got you beat. She's ahead of you and she's explaining people to you. She's explaining things that you have seen before. She's explaining why people do what they do and what's going on inside their heads and what's going on inside their minds and why certain people are so insipid and stupid and getting a good laugh at just how stupid and insipid some people are and why what makes somebody wise and what really is a mark of good character. That's what she loves to do. She loves to hide good character inside gruff externals and she loves it, which is, you know, I think something that often holds true. And she loves to hide bad character and charming externals and really try to zero in on the substance of what who good what a good man is and what a good woman is and what makes her happiness and relationships and stuff like that and it's just all very interesting and fun and compelling and she's got a good sense of humor about it all and she can be a little mean at times but I think especially in these early books yeah I think she developed more compassion although I was surprised by a couple of things that seemed more compassionate that i was she gave willoughby a little bit of she went dimensionality. soft on, Bill, uh, yeah. on willoughby yeah. yeah which she doesn't usually do with that guy with wickham or yeah the other examples yeah she went soft on willoughby i was surprised by that too in fact i had to go back i i misread even the way things came out about willoughby because i was reading fast and i just assumed Oh, this guy's the bad guy. He's gonna. Yeah, and so I had to like go back and be like, wait a minute, I I missed this or I misread this situation here. I, I misread how this all came out. I like all like I just because I was just ready for her to break him over the coals. Yeah, when she didn't, I was like, what's going on? What's yeah. going on? I screwed this up somehow. There's a couple. I mean, she doesn't have any sympathy for Mrs. Dashwood, John Dashwood's wife. I guess right. there's two Mrs. Dashwood. She doesn't have any sympathy for the bad girl that that marries the wrong fairers, uh, Fanny or Lucy. 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 Yeah. Fanny is, uh, John's wife. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Lucy is the one she, for those, those two sisters, they're just like stupid, idiotic, proud. Like there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing at all. Redeemable. Redeemable or likable. No. Yeah. Willoughby's an interesting case or a, a character in that regard. He gets a fairly okay. end. I mean, she even tells you not to assume that he had no happiness, right? Yeah. Well, and there's that really interesting part. Is it Eleanor? Is when Eleanor's talking to Marianne and they're fig- they're talking, they're, uh, what's the word? They're, what do you call it when you're talking over something that happened? Discussing. Yeah, they're reminiscing, contemplating, whatever the word is. I'm sure it's an easy word. Write it in, folks, <laughs> if you're thinking of the word. Uh, they're putting the pieces together together. And Eleanor says, let's not assume that he actually would have been happy with you anyway i don't know it's just interesting the shades that willoughby's allowed to have which is mm. not something that wickham got not something yeah. that most of the villains get willoughby's yeah, in that scene there aren't they like uh yeah you know he may have had ended up with a woman that he actually loved but then the pressures of his financial situation might have gotten the better of him you know might have yeah in some sense 
where he ended up overridden is his happiness. Probably the best place for him. But then Jane Austen at the very end, like in the well, last and then paragraph, Mary says, and the, but Marianne comes all the way around and is like, well, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been happy with him. I'm sorry, you're going to say she says something and I'm not remembering it, but she just really does believe into a principle that we've talked about a lot, which is that water finds its level yeah. in these kinds of relationships. The kind of man who's going to marry for money is going to be, in some sense, happier than if he had married, like, I don't know. He gets what he deserves, so he gets what he wants. And and what he deserves is more complicated than just he deserved to be set on fire. It's Yeah, it's... Well, if there's anything redeemable about him, he gets that too. It's just, it is what it is, kind of. But she does kind of stick the dagger he in. He made his choice. She, I think the one place where she really sticks the dagger in with him is Lady Purse Strings actually forgave him and he could have had Marianne and the money if he'd been a man of any principle. Oh, yeah. right. Um, I forgot about that. Which is nice. But, <sighs> Brandon, your thoughts on... Uh, I don't know what makes Jane Austen so compelling. Or... I think you guys covered it all. We covered it. <laughs> yeah. And her insights into character. She has an engaging um, conversational style. Which yeah. Is, which is good. It is like you're listening to someone with a lot of insight and charm. At a So like when Elizabeth first talks to Wickham mm-hmm. and the conversations they're having, sometimes that the way that Jane Austen writes kind of reminds me that you're sitting there with her and meeting her for the first time. And she's just talking about the people in the room, telling you the background and the stories to these people. Yeah. And it is engaging and insightful. And, and she's got a joke ready, you know, about. Yeah. Or just a so colorful so. description. Yeah. Wit and charm and mm-hmm. style. And her she sentences. leans over to you and she says a pithy one liner about. It almost, this is a negative comparison, but I think it's a good one. She almost has the pleasure of gossip, except for it's not gossip because it's fictional characters, but it's like, hey, let me tell you how much this person sucks. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, it's got that kind of, there is a a cattiness to it, I think, that's undeniable. Yeah, there is a, of course, if so-and-so had ever da-da-da, then blah, 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 you know? Right. And I think it's redeemed from that. It's not gossip. It's not catty. It's redeemed by... By the fact that it's literature. Like, you wouldn't actually want except someone the fa- to... Except the fact is, you know that the every one of these characters... Is somebody she knew. Is yeah. somebody that she knew that she is... Raking over the coals. Yeah. 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 And her is. letters are very absurd, acerbic sometimes, and we can only assume that whatever... Cassandra whatever got burned... Burned. Was... That way more nasty. Acerbic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was a... I mean, she belongs in the Pantheon with Oscar Wilde and Winston Churchill. She's one of the great nasty scathing wits i mean but i think she is virtuous too i don't know i mean no she redeems it by actually having helpful insights and that sympathy that you talked about and even places where people like one of the places we were surprised in pride and prejudice was with mr collins yeah how she actually doesn't in the book hate him as much as people people want to hate him and want to hate charlotte and but they she doesn't hate. i think yeah i think we were right about that I stand by that. I think that I, I that may be one it. of our most controversial Austin takes, and we've got a couple, but I stand by that. That Charlotte and Collins actually ended up okay, and yeah. there was no big mistake, Yeah, actually, and Austin didn't think it was a big mistake. It'll be interesting when we re- revisit it in a couple of years. But. Yeah, that will. But there, there's a section where Elizabeth, if people haven't listened to our maybe our very first episode we ever did. Elizabeth well, goes to visit Charlotte. Right, and the whole thing is... She sees how Charlotte actually is very uh, prudent and smart in the way that she makes space for herself and for Wickham and honors, or not Wickham, uh, Collins, and honors him. And is able to honor. But a lot of the way that she is a good wife to him is by making sure that she gets her me time, that he gets her me time, that the rooms are arranged in such a way that they can have some space for each other. Elizabeth's kind of smirking at that, but... Our contention is that the novel isn't smirking at it. No, Elizabeth's smirking at it while she's still enamored with Wickham. Right. Yeah. Right. And so here she's enamored with Wickham. Meanwhile, Charlotte settled herself in with a guy who's going to do his duty and take care of his wife and be a little man who sucks up to Lady Catherine. And, you know, and she was getting old and she wasn't going to be taken care of. And she, you know, she had an opportunity. She took it. She conducts herself about as honorably as you could imagine someone conducting their, themselves with uh, Mr. Collins as her husband. And it's not that Mr. Wh- Wickham isn't a hilarious, bumbling fool. Mr. Collins. Or, yeah. Why do I keep doing that? But uh, Charlotte. She covers his nakedness. She covers his nakedness, and we're not supposed to think poorly of her for that. Yeah, where Jane Austen chooses to have compassion fascinates me. 
Like, why does Marianne... Let's talk about this next time. In fact, this is a good cliffhanger, I guess, because this episode needs to be done. But why does Marianne get her sympathy when a lot of Marianne's in her other books don't? We'll find out next time on The Bookening. But first, we have to do donor shout-outs. Guys, you know how donor shout-outs work. I say a donor. You shout them out. shout out. Usually in some amusing manner. So, Brandon? Uh, no, wasn't Jake going to continue the compliments? Oh, right. This is the sec- part two of the compliments. You got the compliments ready, Jake? Oh, yeah, I do. Sweet. I, I was wondering why I kept this open on my phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, how far was I? Do I re- do we remember? I don't remember. I don't know. Maybe some people get some of the same compliments twice, but... <laughs> Okay, I think I, uh, I think I think we gotta go. I think I definitely said, "How is it that you always look great and even in sweatpants?" That sounds right. I mean, did I do? I bet you sweat glitter. Yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> right. I do I remember that one. All right, I'm just gonna start them out. Brandon, you ready to do some shouting? Yeah. All right, Robert and Rhonda the Lovebirds. Robert and Rhonda the Lovebirds. By the way, as we alluded to earlier, go to patreon.com forward slash the booking. Give us at least ten dollars if you want one of these donor shoutouts, but give us whatever you would like. Otherwise. The artful Anthony Dodger. He didn't compliment him. Oh, sorry. Nathan, Nathan, you cut me off. I'm sorry. Nathan ran over me, and then you trying to keep the lights on, Jake. Whatever, Nathan. You were cool way before hipsters were cool. Wow, so that wasn't meant for you. (laughs) Thirty years ago, never. The artful Anthony Dodger. The artful Anthony is that. That color is perfect. Brandon, you have got to start stop drinking before these podcasts. (laughs) Thank you, Nathan. (laughs) Or alternately, drink enough to. Make your hand stop shaking yeah. and you be able to control your tongue. All right, Nathan. I'll try. You gotta hit that sweet spot. Give me a second. <laughs> a little Anthony's Cigar Store. Little, little Anthony's Cigar Store. Little Cigar <laughs> Anthony Store. Hanging out with you is always a blast. Disclaimer, Brandon has not had a drop that I'm aware of. The Immortal Chelsea E. The Immortal Chelsea E. You always know and say exactly what I need to hear when I need to hear it. Yeah, that is kind of how Chelsea, isn't it? Jimmy Beam and Little Annie Oakley. Jimmy Beam and Little Annie Oakley. You smell really good. <laughs> Lily of the Valley. <laughs> Lily of the Valley. <laughs> you may dance like no one's watching, but everyone's watching because you're an amazing dancer. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great one. That's amazing. Andrew Nestor the Lovebirds. Andrew Nestor the Lovebirds. Being around you makes everything better. That does, doesn't it? The Keith Master. The Keith Master. When you say, I meant to do that, I totally believe you. David's Mighty Men Trucking. David's Mighty Men Trucking. When you're not afraid to be yourself is when you're most incredible. John and Jill and Little Baby Max. John and Jill and Little Baby Max. Colors seem brighter when you're around. Jay and Katie who are cold and love cheese and also see us loose, including until we have faces. Jay and Katie who are cold and love cheese, including until we have faces. <laughs> you're more fun than a ball pit filled with candy. And seriously, what could be more fun than that? Seriously, what good? Depends <laughs> on what kind of candy. I can't think of anything. <laughs> That's all we did. Me and Meredith did on our honeymoon, by the way. He's playing ball pits we just made had, of candy. Yeah, we traveled across the land to different ball pits made of candy. And uh, Fairy Princess of Wonder and Happiness, Mother Beth. That thing you don't like about yourself is what makes you so interesting. Console Prime oh, Adam. Console Prime Adam. You're wonderful. Jeremy the Dark Hooded Lord of Death. Jeremy the Dark Hooded Lord of Death. <laughs> Every day, oh, I'm sorry. Every day is just blah when I don't see you for reals. For reals. For reals, Jeremy. Nathan, not me. Nathan, not Nathan. Jokes are funnier when you tell them. Maya! Maya! You're better than a triple scoop ice cream cone with sprinkles. Uh (laughs) Oh my goodness. You have to read it. Choose this next person carefully. Ryan the Red Avenger and Judith of the Ladies of Justice. <laughs> Ryan the Red Avengers and Judith of the Ladies of Justice. <clears throat> Your belly button. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Your belly button is kind of adorable. How would you know, Jake? <laughs> I, I like that Ryan and Judith have one. They, they share belly buttons. <laughs> yeah. They share. That's it's kind of a famous thing about them. <laughs> <laughs> They just exchange it back and forth. Here, it's yours today. You want the belly button? <laughs> uh, Danny the dude. Danny the dude. Your hair looks stunning. True. Yeah. DJ Sammy G. DJ Sammy G. You're one of a kind. Benny and Dana Tiberius. Benny and Dana Tiberius. You're inspiring. Uh-huh. 
Eric and Catherine from Yon Window Breaks. Eric and Catherine from Yon Window Breaks. If you were a box of crayons, you'd be the giant name brand one with the built-in sharpener. Whoa. Oh, yeah. Professor and Lady X. Professor and Lady X. <laughs> you should be thanked more often, so thank you. They should be. They've been with be. us from the beginning. Thank you. They have been with us for a long time. Lavender's green, Dylan Dylan. Lavender's blue. Lavender's green, Dylan Dylan. I love you too. Our community is better because you're in it. Uh, Noah Constrictor? Noah Constrictor. Someone is getting through something hard right now because you've got their back. Merchip. <laughs> Merchip. You have the best ideas. The fair and fragrant maiden Chloe. Fair and fragrant maiden Chloe. You always know how to find that silver lining. Six mm. back Zach with a mean attack and Catherine with a neck for a lady on the back. Yeah, what you said. <laughs> Everyone gets knocked down sometimes, but you always get back up and keep going. You know what happens when I get knocked down? Do you get back up again? Yeah. You're never, never going to keep me down. Yeah, nope. Really? You take a whiskey drink? Vodka drink? I need a... Do you sing a song that reminds you of... The good times. What about the songs that remind you of the better times? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, who's cold and hates life, liberty, and the pursuit of cheese. <clears throat> oh, yeah. The pursuit of cheese. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Brandon only remembered one thing about that. <laughs> You're a candle in the darkness. Mm, like a candle in the wind. Mm-hmm. Then it seems to me that you live your life like a candle in the darkness. Jiu-Jitsu Jeffrey, the Texas Ranger. Jiu-Jitsu Jeffrey, the Texas Ranger. 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 You're a great example to others. Rachel? Rachel. Rachel. Being around you is like being on a happy little vacation. Huh. All right. We're crossing third here around the home stretch. Leopard Tank Thomas. Leopard Tank Thomas. You always know just what to say. Midnight Ninja Ellen. Midnight Ninja Ellen. You're always learning new things and trying to better yourself, which is awesome. <laughs> Listening to this podcast. Yeah, good job. Queen Kangara. Queen Kangara. <laughs> if someone based an internet meme on you, it would have impeccable grammar. <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> Return of the Jedediah. Return of the Jedediah. You could survive a zombie apocalypse. Oh, sure he could. Jay of Rock and Ruin. Jay of Rock and Ruin. You're more fun than bubble wrap. Wow. Bubble wrap is pretty fun. Bubble wrap's fun. Timothy, the writer at dawn. Timothy, the writer at dawn. When you make a mistake, you fix it. Yeah. And of course, the Camp Champ Kings who are warm and love bees, Eric and Kate. Camp Champ Kings who are loving those bees. <laughs> well, they're warm and they love bees. Oh. <laughs> they're loving warm bees. Come on. It... <laughs> It's the, it's the old cliche. Come on. <laughs> you got to warm those bees. Yeah. You, gotta, oh, you, yeah, guys, yeah. you guys don't take cold bees out. Who raised you? They deserve a medal for a job well done. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. I didn't know where that one was headed. <laughs> Maddie, 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 Matt, man. You're great at figuring stuff out. Great at it, Maddie. Sweet Great. Jamie Sunshine. Sweet Jamie Sunshine. Your voice is magnificent. I've never heard it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's great. Tyler, the keeper of eternal darkness, and his lovely wife, Laura, the keeper of eternal light. Tyler, the keeper of eternal darkness, and Laura, the keeper of eternal light. That's right. Whoa. The people you love wow. are lucky to have you in their lives. And finally, a warm bookening welcome, fellas. To our latest patron. His name is Cody. Hey, Cody. Hey, Cody. Welcome, Cody. You're joining a great group of patrons. Yeah. And we welcome you. It's and I, a bit crowded in there. It is. Similarly, a whole podcast episode just for our patron supporters. Good grief, guys. Hey, it's a good problem to have. Yeah. But here's the thing. I already came up with a name that I like for Cody. Okay. First, it was Cowboy Cody. No. <laughs> which I wasn't happy with. But I do think that when I think about Cody... I mean, you guys know Cody. He's like a rough and tumble gunslinger kind of a... Yeah, he's got a scar legend over of the West. He's scar over where one eye used to be. Scar where one eye used to be. Missing several teeth. Missing several teeth. Burn scars. Burn scars. So I decided to call him because I'm just i imagining Cody with two six shooters. Strapped for hands. For hands. 
Because yeah. he lost his hands, and now he has six shooters for hands. Yeah, that's how I'm imagining him. So I'm going to call him Cold Steel Cody. Cold Steel Cody. I like it. Cold Steel Cody, you're a breath of fresh air. Mm. Cold Steel Cody, you are a breath of cold, steely, fresh air. But not like so that's, that's literal. A, I, need to, I, I think we've got he hasn't been able to brush his teeth for a long enough time. Of, those almost enough guns. compliments left. To do another. To do another. All right. Sweet. We'll be back next week with more compliments. Yay. We're, we're going to run out, but I mean, we we have another 20. Oh, we'll just have to make them up ourselves. Yeah. We have another 23 okay. compliments right. left to give. So. Well, the next, maybe we'll see what what order I go in. I always go in the same order, but maybe I'll mix it up a little bit so some different people can get the compliments and it's not just the originals. Yep. But the originals are pretty awesome. Now, we have the matter of the credits. I produced this show. Me and Jake, <laughs> executive, produced it. <laughs> Brandon did the music. <laughs> Frailty, thy name is Brandon. Oh, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Patreon.com forward slash the bookening. And remember. Frailty, thy name is Brandon. <laughs> <laughs>